time to listen to us and stop playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Actually, you could probably do both at the same time yeah. while yeah. you're out there. So maybe yeah. some of you are. Hopefully not while driving. Hey, I've seen hey, that a look, lot. Look around. Look, pay attention. There's someone in front of you. It's episode 302 of Rebel FM. I'm Anthony Gallegos. Joined by me is fellow Pokemon enthusiast, <laughs> Arthur Gies. I've actually literally never played a Pokemon game. Arthur, I, tell me your favorite Pokemon. I, have, I need to know. I have purchased Pokemon games and not played them. Never. Not once. I bought them. I bought the most recent 3DS one with the intent to play it, and I never did. I have no interest in being the. I best got two ever Pokemon was. games for free, and I never played them. Uh, that's Matt Chandrenay, yep. and then James Faulkner actually does play Pokemon. I I've played. Pokemon. You've dabbled. I've dabbled. I, okay. I I played Red and Blue. You Yellow. didn't inhale. Is what I played saying. the Game Boy one, the black and white Game Boy one, way 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 back. Yeah, in so, the day. yeah, probably like yeah. I mean, that's that counts. Yeah, that's a legit. Yeah. I, I they haven't changed that much. Yeah, <laughs> I added more Pokemon. I barely remember it. I don't Some think I played have- it. Too much water. Um, so, video games. That's what we're yeah. here to talk about. I finally actually, you know, I've played something other than Warhammer Total War. So still <laughs> oh, that's interesting because I finally played something that wasn't Dota. So, yeah. I've been playing a ton of Warhammer Total War. Uh, you know, like, it's my go-to. Like, I usually don't get... I get, like, a half hour to an hour that I play games before I go to bed each night. Yeah. I usually pop on and be like, are they in the middle of a Dota game? All right, then I'll play Warhammer Total War. <laughs> I want to get in a Dota match. But, uh, yeah, so so uh, the games I played... I what got, were they? I, I, well, I played this game called Away Team. It's on Steam. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, $11. yeah. It's like a pixel graphics type thing, but it's it's like a blend between... What was that Lost in Space game that was out, out, out there or something like that that was like an iPad game that where you were traveling from planet to planet and trying to get resources and fuel? About. I don't remember what it's called. It's Fuck. so... I don't recall... So the base of this game is that you are the last ship leaving Earth with the with the last humans, hmm. like eight humans. You're not you, about you, FTL, are you? No, and okay. you are the AI running a ship for oh, these okay. humans, like Hal. Yes, like Hal, and or Mother. Hmm. Mother's actually probably a probably more the apt. more accurate one. Gotcha. Yes, because so as you run the ship, you know you get a crew and they have certain skills and certain people won't jive well, hmm. and it takes place as a blend of like simulation but mostly text adventure Hmm. so you'll you'll travel to you'll jump to a place and you'll go down to a planet and it'll be like kind of cool thrilling little stories like it's a sea planet pick your away team and i'm like ah this person i guess you have some engineering skills so you can be chief engineer go down and then it's like all right Oh, it turns out there doesn't seem to be anything living that they can take for food. Uh, do you want them to go in the water? Okay, yeah. Oh, they can't really see anything, but the water's kind of murky. Should they go deeper? And it's like, ah, you assure them that their suits can withstand the things and, you know, they're, they're pressurized so they can breathe. Mm-hmm. And you just go and you'll find, like, that might turn into an adventure where you find the fucked up pieces of a wrecked ship should you explore the ship. Oh, it has wow. a little bit of the, vi- of the feel of when you played... Uh, that other text adventure game where you were like talking to the lady who was stranded on a planet. Remember that game? It was like very brief, but everyone was talking about it where it was real time. Like you would say, yeah, go check out the ship. And then like an hour later, she'd be like, I walked there, you know? And, oh and I yeah. Ch- um, and it was all like real time. So if she said, it's going to take me two hours to get there. She wouldn't, she wouldn't talk to you for two hours. Yeah. But this game's obviously much faster, but it's that still that same sort of thing. Like you might encounter life forms. Like I went to one planet and it was like, you know, you you scanned with your sensors and you found one small hole. It looks like it might be natural. Should we go down the tunnel? Yes, so go down the tunnel. Should we keep going deeper? And eventually I came to like an egg chamber and it sounded like something straight out of Aliens. <laughs> uh-huh. And they were like, 
uh, you know, we're out of food right now because on my ship we were out of food. Do you want to eat the eggs? And they're like, <laughs> maybe we can take some of the biomatter. So mm-hmm. you tell them yes, and they gather up the eggs, and they ended up... What you, and then there's all kinds of little sub-stories, like in the case of this, the eggs, when they got back to the ship and brought them, and I did an analysis on them, the eggs contained human DNA, and they also contained uh, human cryogenic fluid. Whoa. And I chose not to tell the crew about that because <laughs> I was like, eh, we're going to eat this. So, <laughs> this is like classic Anthony. <laughs> so, but yes. And then, well, things will happen. Like you'll run out of fuel mm-hmm. and, the, and it'll be like, you can try and strip the parts f- off the ship for fuel, or you can actually kill a crew member and turn them into a little bit of fuel. Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> and so, this reminds me of, of Tharsis. And yeah, yeah. A little bit, but without any sort of the luck or dice rolls, it is really just choose your own adventure yeah. type thing. And a little bit of luck of the draw, like, do you tell your ship to move to a place where they discover a planet or something like that? Um, and, you know, your crew might take it bad if it was someone they really liked. If mm-hmm. you choose to tell them what happened to that person, like, you could lie to them and tell them it was an accident. But I was honest. I was like, you guys all hated that guy. He almost ruined the away mission several times, so I killed him. They're like... We used him for fuel. <laughs> all right. So, so so it's possible that they would be okay with who you chose to murder? They were okay with it, in my case. <laughs> That's great. Because he had been on away missions and had... Uh, had really graded against the team when oh, he had wow. gone on them. And so does everyone have like an influence over each other? Like, do they have a rating for yeah. everyone else? No, not necessarily, but it, you'll just pick up on dynamics when you send them on away missions. Yeah. Um, like there was also, uh, and this does have uh, some kind of GUI. It's not just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you actually text. see the little characters. Oh, okay. And Interesting. You have a status bar of like what your current health and food, and you're actually t- guiding a ship around a universe. Is this early access feel. or is it out? It's out. Oh, cool. It's just a, it's just, a game with like 60,000 lines of dialogue and written mm. by, done by this one person over the course of several years. And Super each time cool. you play is just like this random adventure of how far can you get? I don't know. There may even be ways to win. Like you might reach a, like it clearly implies that because you get to planets and it's like, ah, it's not quite a Goldilocks planet. That's like inhabitable. Huh. Like, you know, the air is not is breathable, but not really. So, so is the goal to find a planet to colonize? Yes. Or the goal oh, is to okay. plan. I, and like I came across, across planets that had been colonized but the ai had broke down and killed everyone i came came across another planet where the ai had uploaded itself to a robot and forced my crew on the away mission to act out a play with it and based on my answers to what (laughs) i thought about the play it determined whether my crew got to live like stuff like that like really weird like very star trek-esque sort of things right where you're just like what like or like the first planet i went to was like straight up first episode of next generation or like second episode of next generation oh really when they kill tashiar oh i yeah. encountered a tar monster well, that wasn't the second episode but it was like the you. first season that, yeah that yeah. was like the end of the first season where I you think, they, they encountered the tar the monster, tar monster that kills her. kills her i yeah. straight up encountered because she didn't want to sign her contract i straight up encountered a tar, a tar monster who said you must help me defeat the other life form on this planet and it turns out there's only one life form and it is the tar monster he's been <laughs> fucking with me the whole time and <laughs> it was like but i'm saying it's very close star trek is yeah. it procedurally generated it is okay. yeah yeah, so it's it is huh. just one of those replayable things. Really fun, just kind of cute That's and cool. cool. I wonder what the end result would be, or what the end goal, or what the end of the game is like. If there's good endings and bad endings, uh, and mean, all that kind of bad stuff. Bad endings is everyone dies in the case of my ship. Cause well, I, I, I mean, having to kill the final crew member. <laughs> I mean, for fuel. right. The, the, a happy ending is wait, just a story that hasn't finished yet. Wait, Bye. if you kill the final crew member for fuel, is that just so your ship can get somewhere? It was literally the only option I had, and then the game ended because <laughs> they, they were out of food and they were out of fuel, and it was is like. She, you should go on with your mission. You should just be a ghost ship from that point on. Yeah. That'd be fucked up. You're like this AI that just rolls through and it's empty and it's like, well, I've been slowly tripping any of the life systems so don't leave them because all the humans are dead. Um, so what's this other game that, you, that you're that you playing? 
Is it it's called human game? human fall flat? Okay, I saw this is a strange looking game. It is basically a puzzle game done in the engine of uh, of Gang Beasts, like oh. where you're controlling <laughs> like. You know, you have your two limbs. Yeah. Yeah, Uh Or or another apt comparison I've heard it compared to is Grow Home or, uh, yeah, Grow Home, I guess, is a really good comparison because you're controlling each arm individually, but you definitely can't climb the environment in the Grow Home sort of way. Like, the climbing is not the core mechanic. The core mechanic is using your limbs and hilarious ways, like an uh, Octodad, and you're doing various puzzles, and it's very physics-based. So, uh, but the game obviously doesn't take itself very seriously. It's... It's uh, just a really clever little puzzle game, like, and everything is really funny. Like, even when you when you die in the game, if you fuck up, your guy just drops from the sky and just slams like pancakes back into the ground and starts <laughs> back where he left off. Really cool checkpointing system. Um, but I guess I don't know. I don't feel like there's necessarily a ton to say about it. It's it's got really smart use of physics and control scheme. But if you've played Gang Beasts, I feel like there's and if you haven't played Gang Beast, I mean, it really is just about your character has a lot of momentum to them. So, fi- like, they, physics carries them even after they stopped running. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, like, wobble. Exactly. They always look like a little bit like a drunken baby moving around. Mm-hmm. This is the same sort of thing. So, I mean, your character will kind of kill themselves and die in hilarious ways. Um, <laughs> is but, it, does it feel worth it? Like, the, co- the price of admission? I mean, yeah, the puzzles are actually pretty smart it starts off really easy right it's just teaching you basic button pushing mechanics dragging mechanics which is like a no-brainer but as you go on you definitely will like have to do things that you really didn't think that they would want you to do like though you'll just see like a hook like what looks like a big old cane on the ground Hmm. and then you'll realize you actually have to pick that up at the right way run and jump with it and hook the hook onto like a loop so that you can like use that to like leap across and swing and leap across the gap that's really cool like like little things where the, there is like, and then sorry, does that then become like an element that's used in other places? In other places, similarly, yeah. yeah. Or it might, you know, like I think they're really smart about adding in new mechanics. That there is a certain level of mastery over you get it. Like just in the same way in Octodad, like you know, in Octodad when they showed it in all the demos, it was a game about oh, isn't it hilarious how you can't really keep yourself from just throwing the food everywhere and stuff like that? <laughs> but eventually you, you yeah, got... it was pretty funny. <laughs> eventually you got really good at Doctor Dad. You could, like, like you can watch someone play that game who's really fucking good. And they just, just book it through. And, and yes, yeah. they book it through and they grab everything. And in that same way in this game, there's definitely a certain level of mastery that comes with that. Like where I've seen people do unexpected things where they'll grab a board that's meant to be used one way, but they can jump and, you know, lean it like a lean-to, which is very challenging and uses a ramp to run up to a different space. Huh. Um, yeah, I just think it's a it's a very clever game that uses very simplistic art. Hmm. Like, to me, it's like the game that I look at and I'm like, man, I'm always looking at what I think is, like, achievable for small teams. Yeah, yeah. Like, and because uh, I think a lot of small teams shoot really big, which is good. Like, that's why we get games that hopefully will be good, like... Uh, like the ha- we happy few and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's done by a small team. Very ambitious. I like David Pittman's stuff. Who's that? He did Eldritch and Neon Struct. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got, they just announced a new game this week that's that's on Steam Greenlight now. Like which is like a squad based procedural like vampire hunting simulator. <laughs> so <Sold. sounds> <laughs> Neon Struct was great. It was like you know a, it was. 
basically a, a classic Deus Ex experience with some modern game Kinda design like sensibilities. Thief as much as Deus Ex, honestly. Yeah, you're right. It was more Thief than Deus Ex. But definitely, yeah, yeah in that, that sort of Ion Storm, yep. Warren Spector like vein. Yeah. Um, with great Super music, good. obviously. Super yeah, and music. I feel like going uh, keeping your systems pretty streamlined and stuff is mm-hmm. like it was achievable for small teams back then is achievable, achievable for smaller teams now. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I just feel like a lot of teams, they, they overscope. Like, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Like I don't sure. think it's bad to reach big. You don't need to be Brigador is yeah. what you're saying. Yes. But it's like, it's like this game, it doesn't bother with, you know, beautiful background environments or anything like that. It is closer to like the way that uh, a game like besieged is besieged is that game about procedurally making machines that can take down walls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like take down castles. Villages, but literally yeah. all, all that game is, is usually like one or two like village assets, a tree and your machine. And then just gray space because they know that they don't need to have all that art assets there. And this is that same thing. Right. This is the little war level that you're working on floating in the middle of a gray space. And I feel like there are more and more games learning that, that you can not have to fill every inch with something awesome looking, and still have like what ends up being like a wonderful game in a 3D world. Oh like, yeah, I'm, I'm increasingly like looking to that as like a way to be like inspired. Well, like that game that uh, Adam Saltzman is working on. The uh, um, now I'm forgetting like Overland. Yeah, you know, where it's like, yeah. um, uh, and it's not playable yet. But he releases screenshots and stuff all the time on his Twitter. And basically, it happens. You know. It, it's about you know a journey across the zombie infested wasteland and it looks like the levels happen on these just these little squares where it's like this is a section of road and it it looks almost like a hitman go kind of game box yeah. style thing and then that but that's the whole that's all you see for that section and it moves on there's no like skybox you know or like uh crazy cloud effects just really great use of small environments and low poly art with yeah, you know I good like lighting it, engine people's imaginations can do a good amount of filling in if you yep. want them to and like, especially if you can just set, like, a tone. Like, I feel like tone is very important in games where the art isn't necessarily, like... Yeah. I think, like, a visual language I guess is that's just true. as important. Like, something like Fez is, like, obviously Fez took forever. But, like, from a visual standpoint, it's simple in a lot of ways. But it's visual language allows for a lot of elaboration on that yeah. initial idea that I think a lot of other studios wouldn't get. Or even if you look at something like Super Mario Brothers or early Nintendo stuff, it's, like... That stuff was strong, even though, like, the memory limitations of those cartridges didn't allow for much because of, like, these very well-realized visual languages that Mm. knew how to vary things to suggest a sense of progress. Yeah, and there's a good visual language in Human Fall Flat, too. Like, you know, the, the environment's gray and stuff in the world is very set up in a way where the colors are there to indicate things that are very useful. Uh, the other well, game I wanted to talk about. How dare you? Well, but 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 it was something that we many of us can talk about. What is it? It's Quadrilateral Cowboy. Yeah. I, okay. So <sighs> I have a very brief Quadrilateral Cowboy story. Okay. Which is, I did the tutorial. I saw you playing. Yeah. I got my deck, and I got to like the first part where you're like typing in commands, and I typed help, and it's like here are all the commands, and it's like screen color, text color, and I'm like, fuck, great, I'm gonna change my screen color. Uh, and my text color so that it's not the stupid black screen. And within two minutes, I successfully had made my screen background and text color the exact same color and could not fix it. (laughs) 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 And then I had to restart Quadrilateral Cowboy. (laughs) Quadrilateral Cowboy, if you don't know, it's the follow-up game 
from Blendo Games, the local studio, right? Bay Area based, I think. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? I'm not sure. Who cares? But uh, they are. Uh, they made this other game, Thirty Fights Eleven. Thirty Fights Eleven. There was a free game on Steam, like, God, like five years, no, four years ago at least, because I was still working with Charles on yet when that happened. So, uh, you know, that was like a. It was like a ten to fifteen minute sort of experience, is how I would describe Thirty Fights Eleven. Like you really just moved forward in a lot of instances. You didn't do a lot of things, but it was mm-hmm. like this. Ex- <laughs> weird 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 it's a, sort of game it's almost like a like a narrative um the, or like an interactive narrative yeah yeah and so Blendo the, games is in culver city california okay but i think uh i think one of the guys well at least i know the music was done by uh one of the guys that now works on that camp game the camp campo fight, santo fight, yeah campo santo anyways it is a game about hacking Really simple graphics. Even the characters are like blockheads, just yeah. like they were in Thirty Fights of Loving. Um, You're like part of this hacker, cr- ha- lady hacker crew. Yes, but it's not like hackers in the sense of like of Watchdogs, and it's definitely not hackers in the sense of the movie Hackers. It's like uh, it's much more like you're you're they're, like they're you're, you're a firm. You're a firm because like you can go up and like in their house, you go firm and you like can go to the wall and pull all these rejection letters off the wall of like them looking for work. It takes place in the 80s, and it's like them looking for work as a security firm yeah. or something. I'm not quite sure of the story necessarily. All I know is that as a hacking game, it's actually quite good. Yeah. Like, I've been noticing James is quite good at it so far, because mm-hmm. you, after you complete a mission, your friends score up alongside yours, and James is usually much faster than me. And uh, as Arthur kind of talked about a little bit, you're, you have this deck, a computer that you carry with you, and it is your main way of interfacing with mm-hmm. the world. Um so you'll go up to a thing that can be controlled. It'll usually have its name nearby. And then if you set down your deck, you can type commands. Like, it'll be called, like, Window 1. And then you say Window 1 space open. And it'll open dot, it. Dot, it's dot, dot, oh, yeah, dot, sorry. Dot, Windows, syntax. <laughs> very important. Yes, actually, <laughs> syntax is incredibly important. There's been times I have failed missions because I had a syntax error. Or because when I went to hit the up arrow to bring up a previous command, I hit up and then hit A on accident or something and enter. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, no, it didn't shut down. And the alarms went off. So, uh, but it's, it's cool. They really do introduce you to, uh, as Arthur points out, to the idea of syntax. There, with some things, like the, the thing that it doesn't teach you, which I just hadn't done any coding in a very long time, it's, uh, what the fuck? It's like the, the carrot brackets. The brackets, yeah. Yeah, where it's like that's excluding text. And so you're not supposed to actually use those when you're actually typing out it's code. Like comment, actually, yeah. hearing this is causing my eyes to roll into the back of my head. And like <laughs> that's like, which is funny because that's not. It's not like Quadrado Cowboy is boring, but talking about it does not do it justice. No, it, it, it is much. It is very dynamic. Like you're looking at a window, and you're like the first time you're like open, but then not only do you have to open it, but there will be windows that can only be open for a very specific amount of three, time. Three before, seconds. Three seconds before yeah. there's an error. So you'll be like. The cool part comes in when you realize what I actually need to do to get this briefcase and get out is I need to, say, open this window, then wait 10 seconds, then reopen the window so that I can go in, get what I need, and get the fuck back out. Which is a command you have to input. It's not like... once. Yeah, so it'd be like... Because it's a lot of typing. It would be open door... Or door three dot open bracket three semicolon... Wait, 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 space 10, semicolon, open door 3. You're writing a script. Y- yeah, yeah, yes. a and, so that, and that's what you're doing to solve a lot of the puzzles. But it's yeah. a script that actually affects the polygonal world around you? Yes. 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 Gotcha. So, like, everything is, like, assigned. So, it's virtual at first. Does it ever turn into something real? 
Uh, I'm not far enough. I'm not quite sure if it turns I mean, the, into real the, either. The trailer makes it look like you're moving around yeah, in the real you are. world. You are. The, the, the entering that command is you just hit that, and then like Dennis Nedry, where he's sitting there with his little watch waiting for the timer, you hit enter, and then you run in and steal the dinosaur eggs and get the fuck out before the oh, command's done. And in mm. the training mode, you can turn on no clip via your deck. And go yeah. through things. Oh no! It, it, and any any of them, you can. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so far. But uh, but but the whole point is that if you pull off the perfect heist, mm-hmm. it's because you used your computer in just the right way, and also ran in the three D space in just the right way. And then as you progress, it starts adding even cooler wrinkles. Like uh, a little, a little as you complete robot, levels, yeah. yeah, you get a little robot, and so you can like throw that robot through a window then link up with it through your deck. And then once you do that, you can put down a TV screen. So you l- have to literally rotate the camera to be looking and be like, <laughs> move forward 30. Uh, yeah. And so oh, it moves wow. forward, and you like rotate 70 degrees. Yeah. Crazy. And so, and so then you're steering this robot and then that robot can jack in and do things for you. And if, you know, if the robot falls over, you can say stand up, but it's like, uh-huh. it's, it's adding all these wrinkles to the hacking that really determine like, it, it makes you feel like a badass when yeah. you complete a heist. Sounds fun. For some some of the stuff, you I could see people writing out an entire script, pressing and, enter once and, and then, then finishing the and mission. then letting it go, letting it go. Right. Like, there's some things you can't like. So like the robot, some of the robot things because you have to go in and then interface and then select something. Like there's right. some stuff that where you'll actually have to do stuff. But like the early levels, you could write a full script that basically go- says like, "Wait thirty seconds, open this window. Wait yeah. two minutes, open this door. Wait yeah. this, and then just you know progress perfectly through it if you wanted." Nice. Yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. So, do you get like, is there a scoring system or anything like that? There about is. it's time based, and okay. so like every alarm you set off adds like ten minutes to your time. <laughs> so if you if you want if you set off any alarms, it'll totally make your time worthless. Whereas if you complete it without alarms, it'll actually tell you like it took you like four minutes and thirty. So seconds. if you were to do the thing like you were talking about, James, like let's say you're on an early stage where you can get through the whole thing in one script, you launch your script and then you physically run through the world yep. to do the things while your script is executing yeah. and you get done and your script is perfectly timed. So that's really fast. Uh, it sounds great. A good way to get a high score. Is it scored? Is it still counting down the clock as you're typing? Yeah. 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 All that's included in there. So okay. now, the typing occurs in real time. Like if there's a turret in the world that can shoot you, you can't just stop and type shut down turret. Like it will shoot you to death. <laughs> gotcha. So, <laughs> although although I think if you like hit restart, it will save the script that you last script you wrote. If you, if you hit up, yeah, it yeah it's just like a real just types. like a real computer command line. Like you can sit there, and, yeah. Yeah. Right. You can sit there and hit up. So nice. I'll keep I'll keep them on deck where I'll be like this: enter up up enter this, and then real quick execute a bunch of commands. Also, you don't yeah. want to hit enter when you do one of the commands. Like you actually like it tells you explicitly: do not hit enter. Yeah, you right. Right quick. To pick up the computer and walk. Yeah, and right. you, execu- you, you execute and then and then pick up the computer. Yeah, but it'll be like you know you won't just use the computer to open up doors. It'll be like use the computer to shut down a laser grid so something can pass through for a brief amount of time. Yeah, um, or eventually you'll get tools that you can turn on a fan that can then launch things. Yeah, so you might have to set up something with at a perfect angle to launch something through and then hit open window so that it can fly through the window at just the right moment. Yeah, it does get fairly elaborate, and uh, I think that. Like, I, you know, a lot of people were talking about the day it came out because they obviously a lot of people were fans of 30 Flights of Loving for its, like, weirdness. And this, I would say, is, like, less weird. Like, there's definitely, like, a progression and, like, like I, f- I feel like it is it is still weird. Like, yeah. in the sense that, like, I don't quite understand what's going on. They do weird lapses in time. Yeah. And, you mean, like, like, you don't understand the story? Yes. There's, mm-hmm. I don't think very, you're fully supposed to understand the story. It's there's very, a lot of inference you're supposed to make. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, there's some stuff in the... You always go... 
the opening of the game is you building this basically VR hacker kit. Yeah. And then the rest of it, like, is you're in this room, like, that you're basically your base. With your crew. With your crew. And, like, there are things in the room that show passages of time, like, there's this plant that's growing. And there's also just pieces of paper around. Yeah. And, like, and, mm. and you'll, there'll be little interludes, like, after you complete a series of missions. It'll be like you went shopping and got this new tool at the at the hacker emporium. <laughs> it so reminds me of like Neuromancer meets Naked Lunch. Yeah, like, yeah. And you'll and you'll like go to your crew's house and pick them up on your hover bike, <laughs> and you'll get to see like little brief glimpses into the world. And you start yeah. the game by the three of you on your hover bikes and like a fucking Half Life like guided the, sequence, and then you get on a <laughs> moving train to steal a processor for your rig. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And and it's like when you uh and you'll like in the little windows you get in the non missions where you go pick up someone at their house, you get little views into like what their weird cyberpunk world is like, in the sense of like everyone in the world since they have hover bikes and stuff lives in like what it looks like, like what all, looks yeah. like reclaimed delivery trucks that they've then converted into studio apartments <laughs> stacked up on top of each other and stuff <laughs> like that like really interesting take on the world but like what it comes down to is is it's just a really clever puzzle game that makes you feel like a badass because for me i've done a little bit of scripting but i feel like even if you haven't you pick it up immediately and then when you there is the again that that level of mastery that comes with it that when you fucking execute it perfectly it's yeah like really amazing yeah sometimes it is it's oh. like a perfect run of typing of the dead man <laughs> yeah <laughs> well as any program anybody who's done any programming knows even if you've just casually maybe done some html or something like you know that it uh it takes a bit to train your fingers to like you know put the brackets in the right places yep. and everything like that it feels good when you're, things work though yeah it feels really good when things work but you have but when you're first learning how to type out all that stuff you really have to reach for it your fingers aren't used to going to those keys on the keyboard yeah or, or putting periods like like not not at the end of a sentence it's like in the middle of your your typing you yeah. need to include a period it's kind of like when i used to play infinifactory that game that was all about creating a perfect assembly line to create mm-hmm. like a, a missile so that when it reached the end, you've made a missile. Yeah. Like, this has that same feel in the sense that like I'll try several times with my scripts and I won't get it right. And then finally when I hit enter and everything executes fucking perfectly, it's, it's, it's like just like mousetrap. Yes. Yeah. It's just very, yes, exactly. Like you watch your own little Rube Goldberg machine that you're participating <laughs> by moving <laughs> through the door at the perfect moment. Yeah. And like it all goes off. It's like, it does remind you like, again, I can't help but think of the Dennis Nedry thing. Where you know he specifically entered his little white rabbit command in Jurassic Park, and then knew he had five mm-hmm. minutes and watched the time. Like, and then everything goes wrong, and it's just—it's exactly like that. You're breaking into a place, and you fucking just hit that button, and yep. you. There, there have been a couple wreck shit that have done like coding stuff. Um, there's like no, it's not Factorium. There's another one. There's like another game where it's like a factory one where you're building. Uh, Factorio. Fact, is it Factorio? Yeah. And then there's also um, Pony Island, which was. Uh, that's a real game, huh? It's a real game. That's a game. I, they talk about on the podcast, like, the coolest twist in that game. It's been out for a pretty long time. Which game? Pony Island. I've never heard of this game. So I'm assuming not, because I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Me either. Well, you skip, say Pony Island, and I skip just forward, think, like, like two minutes if you, if you, if you don't want to, like, yeah, if you don't want to hear about the, the, what I think is honestly one of the coolest twists in someone's done with a game, at least, like, manipulating a per- the person playing. Um, in Pony Island, they do something where it's like I guess game about scripting and like you're trapped in this video game, and it sends you fake Steam messages. Oh, <laughs> okay, I remember you talking about this. Yeah, yeah. and 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 it like 
and it, it, like, it was our friend Crispy messaging us, like mes- fake messaging me and being like, LOL, what are you playing? And being me responding to him in real life and him like being, what the... Like, I didn't say okay, that. you have talked about this on the podcast yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's a bunch of different, bunch of different games like that, that, that like bring coding back into like, or like scripting back. This in. is that core mechanic though. Like yeah. obviously everything comes down to you are a person interacting, interfacing with the world largely through your computer. And that's why it definitely feels a little bit like the movie hackers or something. Yeah. Like that. It sounds a lot like 80s cyber, cyberpunk or, you know, like the it first is, versions of shadow run. It is very eighties like in the sense that like, like, uh, but like weirdly. So like even like, uh, the, the Walkman you have, plays it's a portable record player yeah like you stick a record player and then put headphones on it's very weird but uh no it's a really cool game like it's like it's like 11 bucks or something like that i feel like nice. it's i've heard it's only like four or five hours long but that's actually surprising i thought it'd be yeah. much shorter than that hmm. so and i think there's a lot of replayability in the sense that you know it, especially they added that leaderboard function amongst your friends that yeah it pisses me off seeing that like I'm like that. Well, that took me four minutes and thirty seconds, and then I see James. Like James did it in ninety seconds. <laughs> like how the hell is that possible? So, you know, it's it's, it's fun. It's a, uh, it's it, again, it's like repeatable. It's like you just want to get better and better and better and better. Yeah, because um, he's a lead taxor and you are not. That's all I played, Arthur. What did you play that was not Dota? Uh, I well, first I played Chime. I mean, not first, but uh, I played Chime Sharp today. Chime Sharp. Chime Sharp. Do you remember Chime? Chime? Oh, I remember yeah. Chime, yeah. The musical game? Yeah. yeah. There been there was uh, a sequel. Like, there was Chime Super Deluxe. Yes. Was that um, the one with, like, Philip Glass music and yeah. stuff like that? Uh, this new one was a Kickstarter first last July. Mm-hmm. Like, he just announced it and dropped a demo, like, immediately, and it succeeded. And, like, the, the number was super low. It was, like, 15,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, I, I mean... The music is incredible. It has churches, among others. Uh, and the way that Chime works is that, like, there's, like, a basic beat, and as you get more coverage on the board and have more pieces active, That's uh, right. additional tracks and sequences start playing. So it's, like, the sort of dynamic, constantly different r- remixing of yeah. the song as you're trying to clear the board. This, this sounds so good. I love uh, It's really, really good. The music is really fucking good. Um, is it the same sort of mechanic? Where It's, exa- it's, it's like, identical. It's got way. a little bit of Tetris vibe at first when you see it. but It's, it's like Tetris and Luminez. Yes. Yeah. Like Because it's got the, the beat line going across. And, and you're making blobs to get blown yeah, up. Exactly. Uh, but they're not blowing up. They're just like, you're making these blocks. And as soon as they're four by four that, or three by three, I think they start clearing and as you add to them vertically or horizontally, like in a straight line, they like add that and the clearing starts over again. And squares on the map that you clear uh, are considered clear on the board. And now there's a much more demarcated uh, stage system for each song. So if you clear a board 100%, then it like wipes and it starts on a new board hmm. with the same song, but a different layout. Um, and so like the trick of the game is that like there are different boards that have like this one has like a square cut in the middle of it or this one has like like dividing lines on the top and bottom about like seven or eight squares out from the left and right hmm. so it forces you to sort of think like creatively and to change your strategy going from board to board is that game out now yeah it's it came out of early access this week or last week uh, just just on steam yeah okay um i want to go home and pick that up I stopped playing originally because its controller support for Xbox One controllers was totally fucking broken, which mm. is hilarious. 
because that's just a Windows PC controller at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, it seems to be working now. You just have to manually select Xbox Windows 10 from the controller thing oh, okay. for whatever reason. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's super addictive. It's on PC, so I don't know like how well the leaderboard stuff will hold up like that was one of the things that i really liked yep. about the original is that the leaderboard stuff was really good but then it got br- hacked all to hell um that, that was one of the games that i always came back to on xbox live yeah, chime was was really great and it was also like a charity game which is yeah, like the coolest uh, thing the, about a it. non-profit yeah. studio that they, um, i just was reading they put up like 96 percent of their the profits went back into yeah charity. that sounds about right yeah um, wow. this one is not that this one's just a game from the dude who made the game originally that's awesome Um, but uh yeah it's really good uh and then i also reviewed headlander i've meant to try that that game looks super cool so it's weird because it kind of just came out of nowhere it was like a commercial like there were i got it got announced like over a year ago and i remember being like that'll be cool someday and then all of a sudden it was here and i was like what (laughs) right so so describe this to people who have not seen the game or the trailer arthur pardon (laughs) The Headlander, describe it to people that have um, not seen it. So the premise is that it's a future where people have figured out how to digitize their consciousnesses and move to robot bodies uh, because they've destroyed the Earth and like the hostile environments of the future are much more suited to a robot body. Uh, but they've been sort of enslaved by this AI called Methuselah. Mm-hmm. And you wake up as... Uh, is the last human in the galaxy except you're just a head mm-hmm. in a special helmet um, and you don't know who you are and you can't speak because you don't have lungs which is like a joke that it really belabors uh, <laughs> establishing um, and your ability is to use a tractor beam to pop the heads off of robot bodies and dock with them and control them um, and it also allows you to take over certain computer mainframes and stuff like that and like move switches um so much like futurama heads <laughs> kind of you can yeah. get moved around and like we should say this is made by double fine if yeah you so want. this yes. is a double fine game and so like the thing that i expect from double fine games are funny but not very mechanically polished and this one is chuckle worthy never super funny and very mechanically polished mm-hmm. um and honestly i kind of prefer that mm. to the super funny mm-hmm. um like i think that the lack of a of a speaking lead really sort of hurts the jokes that they would otherwise be able to set up even with like a couple of voices of god from like methuselah and earl like this other uh voice that's sort of like guiding you and on your side um so uh there there are decent jokes like the dude from invader zim and did raz and psychonauts is in it and does a couple of different things including mappy the the friendly map robot (laughs) Uh, but uh and like the way that you get the map for a section is you go to Mappy and pull his head off and dock with his body and just steal it basically like just steal the map data from Mappy's body with his head on the ground. Is that is there combat in this game? Yes. So okay, that that surprised me. I guess I, are, I pictured it being a puzzle game primarily. There, it kind of is. I mean, not kind of. It is like there are enemy security robots called shepherds. Okay. That Shepherd. are colored commander, uh, like with a clearance level that escalates through the color spectrum. So they start at red. Uh, they go red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. Um, and so each section of the game is, is like increasingly gated by these other colors as well as like certain abilities that you'll get over time. Uh, and each robot also has a laser that 
bounces off of surfaces, and the higher the security clearance, the more times it bounces. Hmm. So, like, as it gets to be more powerful robots, like a, like a, an, a yellow robot can open up a red or orange door. Hmm. But they can also, like, reach doors with bouncing lasers that a yellow or, or orange robot couldn't hit. Um, and so there's a lot of juggling of, like, well, I need to be in a robot body to open this door, or I need to shoot it with a laser to open it. And so, like, if you can't get the robot body to that door because they can't jump, like, you can hit it with a laser that bounces off a couple things and then detach your head really quick and fly through the door. Hmm. Um, and just sort of increasing elaboration on that idea of like getting a body from point A to point B. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it just works pretty well. Like, like it's very Metroidy in structure, but it doesn't fall prey to some of the stuff that a lot of those, that genre of game does like song of the deep did, for example, where it felt like very sort of obligatory and it's constant backtracking and constantly going back to places you, you'd been to. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this just doesn't feel that way. Like you're constantly getting to new places and like new environments and stuff like that. Okay. And introducing new mechanics. I take it like, uh, some new mechanics here and there, mixing them together, like elaborating on existing mechanics. Um, how long is it? Uh, between six and eight hours. That's what I want to hear. I I I just want to hear like, this is a digestible game for adults. (laughs) Right. The only, the thing that's weird to me about it is that like, it feels like there were, there was a hook there for side missions and there are a couple of like fetch quests that you can do for certain robots, but there's only like four Hmm. in the game, which really makes it feel like it was something they wanted to do and ran out of time. Is there progression like for you? Yeah. Like you, you level up, you upgrade, you get new powers. And the other sort of weird thing is that there are powers that are quote optional that feel extremely required. Um, like you get a shield for your head, like an energy shield that can like bounce like these steady laser beams away. So you can get through these energy sections, but a lot of those have, uh, lasers that are going from either direction that originate from top and bottom. So you can only, if you only have one shield direction, like you'll get hit in the back with the laser on the other side until you get the shield that, reflects in both directions mm-hmm. but that's an upgrade that's not like an automatic pickup and it never really explains that you need that to get through certain parts mm. i see um so it's kind of crappy explaining some of that stuff and also i think that the last boss is garbage like it was just <laughs> frustrating like classic double i was fine. gonna say that's well, i was gonna say that's also just <laughs> classic video games right it's like it's like every, I, everything was kind of cool except the boss there sucked. are basically yeah. two bosses in that game and i thought the first one was actually pretty good and the second one like was really fucking obnoxious but um, you found the humor worked pretty well even with the, the humor was didn't speak. fine like there were parts where i smiled there was nothing laugh out loud funny in that game mm-hmm. i heard i heard you could make all everyone dance uh there's a part where you can Yes, like there's a dancing room, and I think every robot body dances. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to get the robots there, I think, unless there's like some item to make them dance that I didn't find or mm-hmm. never used. I mean, it seemed like a a pretty like I guess you know the, the the idea of it seemed very double fine to me, and I guess that's why I asked if it made you laugh. It's like, you know? like it's very it is very double fine. It's like what is a funny hook? Oh, it's a head. You're a head, and you steal robot bodies, and that's how you get around. Yeah, do you ever steal Done. any non-human robot bodies? You can steal dogs. Okay. They're robot dogs. There are uh, little vacuum robots that like come out of these little hatches on the ground that are like murderously that that are like murderous about dust. <laughs> like they're like psychotic about dust. <laughs> um, 
and like they're the only things that can get through those, those hatches. And so right. occasionally, like you have to like cart a like a, a vacuum bot across several screens to try to get to a secret area. Um, and there are like different kinds of shepherds. Like there are enforcer Shepherd. shepherds that don't have lasers, but they have uh, insulated tires to go over electrified fields uh, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I. It's also never really frustratingly difficult, except for a couple of spots, and like the checkpoints tend to be per room. Okay, so that's not e- bad. Even if you fuck up, you're like it's back in it's it. It's like okay, fine, I'll do this again. Um, so yeah, I it was good. It's it's fun. It's probably the most mechanically uh, sophisticated and solid game that Double Fine has released in a really really long time. Right on. It's just not super funny. Um, I like the visual style. Like it combined sort of like 50s 60s and 70s sci-fi motifs mm-hmm. um and the music is really good yeah yeah Lo- logoed by Corey schmidt double fine so. double fine yeah. studios pretty i find them kind of uh they're one of the studios i look up to because they ship games <laughs> yeah which they used to not do yeah. like it took yeah. the company almost falling apart for them to actually start just shipping games a lot yeah now they should, now i feel like they have something coming out like every year well yeah because they retooled on building a lot of smaller games instead of yeah, you know trying fast. to do like if they're yeah. gonna fail, yeah. Um, yeah. Instead, fail fast inst- and not have it bankrupt the studio on one. Right, gamble. yeah, exactly. No more um, brutal legend, brutal legend type, you know, right. adventures. Like they released was Massive Chalice last fall. Yeah, Massive Chalice yeah. and uh, and ch- shortly before that they had had Broken Age, yeah. Broken Age, two. and before that they had had the Double Halloween trick or treat game. Costume Quest Two was not good, from what I heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was. It was kind of disappointing, but. And, you know, it's it's not that they haven't worked on it's that they're they're able to work on more than one project at a time. Some of them take a couple of years, some of them are like only a year or six right. months. Right. I just feel like there's always something coming from them. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like it's it's not like I feel like there are some studios where you're like, I don't know, maybe we'll see something from them someday, <laughs> yeah. whatever they're twenty like, you know And Psychonauts took forever and so did Brutal Legends. Yeah. yeah. But like I feel like that they've benefited from like the pack style of 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 like marketing for them where it's just like they're always there because they always have something to show i guess i i do kind of wonder like if there's diminishing returns because it feels like a lot of their games sort of rely on oh it's a double fine game cool it's unique and cool i'm gonna buy it and i do wonder like how well those games do yeah Um, i'd be curious i'd be curious to know what they uh need to do to make money yeah but um but yeah, I, I'll give that. The studios also made a lot of really different things. Like Headlander oh, yeah. is very different from yep. Trenched, which is very different from Costume Quest, which is very different from yeah. uh, the Broken, Broken Age and, Bre- and, Broken and Massive Age Challenge. Stacking like Stack was great. Yeah, so it's like they've they is definitely it? like that's one thing that is like a person like I'm like oh man, working there seems like it would be fun. I don't know if it would be, but <laughs> yeah. it seems like it because. Because you'd be making, you'd get a chance to work on very different, different things. Stuff, you know, yeah. sometimes working on one thing for a long time is tough. I mean, as yeah. I've had people, I've known people who worked on, you know, big games and stuff. And sometimes it's like, yeah, it was cool. But after a while, I was like, what's next? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Please get me out of this hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, do you want to do you have anything? Uh, well, I've been traveling so goddamn much. That's why I haven't been on the podcast, you know, kind of like normal. So. Um, fortunately, Pokemon Go came out, mm-hmm. and it was fun when I uh, when I was in Toronto playing that game two weeks ago because it wasn't released in Canada yet. So me and my American cast and crew would walk around <laughs> playing Pokemon Go, Just, cr- crushing and, gyms. Well, yeah, well, like literally, people would come up to us and be like, 
what? How are you playing Pokemon Go? And we explained to them like, well, we're Americans, but as Canadians, you can do it. You can get it this way. You yeah, know, side it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but even like there, there was a time like because we went and shot out uh, on uh, the island that's south of the city and and the park that's there. Uh, we did a quick scene out there, and on the way back, where the ferry landed, there was a whole bunch of people around just playing Pokemon Go. A bunch of Canadians that you know, of course, had already figured it out, but. Um, that was pretty cool. Like different, a lot of different Pokemon in Toronto compared to my normal walk to and from work. And, uh, for as what a janky piece of shit that game is, it's surprisingly fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, those people would just stop walking four people shoulder to shoulder around the fucking (laughs) lake while I'm trying to go running (laughs) or fantastic or blocking storefronts. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Or driving while playing Pokemon (laughs) Go and then hitting a cop car. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've definitely seen all this shit. I mean, it is, it is a, it is a, it is a phenomenon to the point where today on my drive, Mm-hmm. To work on 880 in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. As you're driving through Oakland, there is now a poster, a billboard up. They must have gotten put up literally overnight. As That's not surprising, right? A billboard mm-hmm. overnight yeah. is probably not hard. But it is for a website called stdcheck.com. Yep, I saw that. <laughs> okay, and it says, D- D- you don't want to catch them all. Oh, and it has like yeah. a straight up Pokemon like nurse lady <laughs> yeah. in it with the needle. Joy, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, everyone's getting down. Even my mom and dad have asked me, like, what is this thing? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, like, I, you know, um, I don't really play it nearly as active as most of the people in my life who play it. Like I pretty much turn it on and I'll have it in my pocket when I'm walking to and from work. And when it buzzes, I'll like catch a Pokemon or whatever. Um, just catch Pokemon. Yeah. I'll catch Pokemans. And, uh, but the, you know, it's like, it's interesting walking home from work and like you talking about people stopping you on your, on your run around the lake. No, and, it's not that they're and, stopping me. It's that they're fucking blocking. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it like, you know, like I got, I got blocked on the sidewalk by this, I swear to God, 65, 70 year old Chinese lady who is like catching Pokemon just like by herself <laughs> walking down the street, you know? So it, it's not a, uh, it, it's like it's not just a nostalgia thing. It's like seriously cross generational now because it's become such a, it's become such a phenomenon that it's spreading to people who probably wouldn't have played it otherwise. And because it has such simple game mechanics and people can get into it right away and it relates to your real world. I think there's an immediate draw there that makes a whole lot of sense from a design perspective. I can't say for certain, you know, that like the, the developers knew what they were getting into, but I'm sure they had an idea that the license was good. Yeah, it, yeah. it's funny to see though everyone being like, "Oh, we're everyone invest in Nintendo," and then, and this, then the stocks drop, and again. the stocks drop again because they're and Nintendo's like, "No, we're not going to get any more." Like we expected our certain revenue because we have some investment in this company. It's like y'all, y'all. I, well, until I heard that, I thought <laughs> Nintendo owned Pokemon. I thought no. they owned it straight up. They are but one they, of the investors, right? I didn't company. know that. I I was I assumed that they that's, own enough of a controlling stake that it's yeah. not going to show up but on anything. That's, else. that's exactly why. But yeah, I, I just had never seen anything else. So. Yeah, but it's so diffused from Nintendo to Pokemon Company to Niantic. Like they're they're mm-hmm. invested, but it's like it's so diffused that it's like not hmm. not a thing. But man, that uh that app is a hot piece of garbage. Yeah, I mean, like it is, it is terrible, terrible, terrible. And if, if it was you have anything an iPhone, other, okay. But Android people I've known have had a lot of. Issues I mean, with I have it. an iPhone 6s. I like literally have the latest possible device that you can get on iPhone, and uh, that app crashes all the time. Like the, uh, it doesn't know where it's connected to the internet or the GPS half the time. 
Um, you know, like there's, there's still problems connecting to servers, although that's gotten a yeah. lot better. But I mean, I think it's like, it actually feels like it was, you know, programmed by like, you know, first year uh, game design students who were like working on their first class project instead of their final senior year project, you know? Well, it's a wildly successful class project. Yep. yep. And I mean, that's that just shows you the 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 powerful combination of factors that go into that game because... If it wasn't a Pokemon game, I'm not sure at all that people would have made it past the shitty user experience. Yeah. But uh, the other mobile game that I've been playing that also got introduced to me in Toronto, even though it's been out forever, uh, is uh, Fallout Shelter. Because, you know, that, I've been wanting to go back. I know it's like a crazy thing to say, but. Yeah, no, the expansion came out. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's what made me want to play it is that like uh, Cesar, my co-founder, was like, uh, oh, hey, um, have you played Fallout Shelter? And I was like, oh, yeah, not yet. And he's like, well, they just released this thing where it adds quests, you know. And uh, Yeah, now your, your Wastelanders aren't just going out and gathering garbage. Right, exactly. It's like uh, you, send, you send one of your dwellers out into the wasteland and you'll get a radio message that says, hey, they came upon a red rocket truck stop. Do you want to go check it out? And when you click yes, it actually loads a new map. And it's like it works pretty much exactly like your Fallout Shelter map does in that you click on a room for the person to walk to and they go there and they fight enemies. And occasionally, you know, like you talk to people and you can meet other dwellers, out, other wastelanders out there and bring them back to your vault. And then there's like actual quest stories lines that are you know like 10 12 quests long and you know you'll send three people out like as a party and then you can equip them all of course and they fight and then they added pets now i guess i guess i didn't they didn't have pets before um okay well they have pets now and it's just another item that you can get um either through uh completing challenges completing quests or of course you can buy them off the store if you don't want to just do total free to play like i do are there are there are the quests like a progression or are they just like procedurally generated so there's so there's procedurally generated daily quests that take four hours for your party to get to and then there's a an item nuka-cola quantum and if you spend nuka-cola quantum you can basically uh wipe out the travel time yeah for, to the destination and the longer the travel time like Makes like i've gotten to travel times now uh in some of the quest lines where it's like 26 hours to get there yeah. you know one day 22 hours to get there and so if you spend nuka cola quantum to get there you're going to be spending like nine it, of them you is, know? That, is that the is that the paid currency that is a paid currency, but you also yeah. find it in the world. Like, I've noticed that when I go do the daily quests, like, usually mm-hmm. when I find a daily quest, I find, like, two Nuka-Cola okay. Quantum in every quest. And then the luck stat of your dwellers really matters, depending on what you find, too. And I guess they added, like, more weapon recipes and outfits and stuff like that into the game. Um, it is, like, it is like I never played it before, and now I'm super into it because it has such a crazy deep game design and i love playing the i love organizing my vault dwellers into all of their best jobs while trying to train up the stats of other ones and you fend off raider attacks and i'm at the point now where i'm fending off death claw attacks you know and the you can get mr handies which will go back and forth on a level and collect resources for you so you don't have to tap on every single level or you can have your mr handies out in the wasteland and they'll just automatically collect caps for you that's pretty nice. And the uh, have they always had the mysterious stranger mechanic? I think, mm, I think so. I don't know. It's super fun. Like every now and then you'll just get this 
dun 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 kind of kind of tone mm-hmm. and then you're looking all around your base trying to find where the mysterious stranger is and then if you tap him he basically dissolves into caps and it's completely random like how many caps it is like sometimes it'll be a few hundred there's been a few times when i found him where it was like almost five thousand caps and which it's is a, a huge yeah it's a huge amount of caps especially in that game and so it's like it's really worth it to find him and if you're wearing headphones the tone is stereo so you can kind of tell where the bass is because you'll hear it kind of in the distance and then you'll start scrolling around your bass and it'll get louder before the tone is done. You know, he's approximately somewhere in this area. So oh, it's cool. like it's like a Where's Waldo thing every three to five minutes. That's and you can get pets that like increase how many how often he shows up. So you assign cool. a pets to a couple of your dwellers and it'll be like 2.5 times Mysterious Stranger Chance, five times Mysterious Stranger Chance. And there's... Just a million little overlapping systems in that game that make it unbelievably fun. I'm surprised you haven't jumped back into Fallout 4 to build a uh, a vault of your own. Like you saw, Is the vault thing out now? Yeah, it's out now. Oh, they added fuck. Build, Why did you tell me that? Build a vault and torture your citizens oh, or no. help them. So that just, I mean, I'd, I am interested to see what comes of that. I don't yeah. know if I'll do it because I don't have the patience for the building, but yeah. that's, since you, that's like your whole thing. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, I just want to build a vault and have people live in it. Um, oh, that's so fucking, oh, you shouldn't have told me that. That's so bad. Um, the, because uh, the thing about Fallout Shelter and Pokemon is that I can play them on my walk to and from work and that's kind of my only gaming time these days or like really early, really early in the morning or right before I go to bed, you know? Sure. Um, and now I'm going to be like, uh, oh, sorry, honey. I know you wanted to do something this weekend, but I need to go into the office to use the work PC to build vaults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's all I've been doing is a couple mobile, stupid, dumb mobile games uh, that are actually great. James, I don't think we ever asked you what you'd been playing besides 30 Flights 11. Uh, or quadrilateral quadrilateral or sorry yes yeah, that's quadrilateral uh, cowboy uh well i, I played sgcc um, what the hell is that san diego comic-con san diego comic-con oh. uh we were did our live show there and so i would spend a lot of time again spreadsheets and <laughs> headsets uh that was fun um and then i played uh the dota 2 vr thing that they released yesterday oh how was that it's fucking cool uh, yeah. How does that work? So you boot, you boot up. It's a DLC thing. If you go into Steam and like you go in the DLC list, you select it and it downloads it. And is it for both Vive and Oculus? I don't know. I th- I've mm. only used it in Vive. It's probably mm. only for Vive, and then someone will hack it for Oculus. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Jesus so you- Christ, I... It smells like chicken tikka masala. Oh, I know. It so I, does. I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, but Arthur's neighborhood. Arthur's neighborhood smells fucking incredible right now. I, like, I'm sorry. Is, I don't know where it came from, but yeah, that's not that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds like someone. It smells like we're at a restaurant. Yeah. Let's all uh, let's oh. let's all fart at the same time and see if we can overcome it. <laughs> so, uh, Dota 2 VR five. Dota 2 VR. Yeah. So you boot it up, and uh, you kind of appear in this like courtyard. Uh, that has think of it like if you're what, first person first uh, yeah first person that you're you're um, it's almost like there's a giant screen like a Netflix screen in front of you like if you hmm. did one of the movie apps it's like a war room it's a Dota mm. 2 war room yeah. like there's a screen hmm. in the background with the game and a table of the map in front yeah. of you and, and like it, oh, and wow. there's statues of what so then you, you can like choose to watch live tournaments you can choose to watch VODs you can choose to watch expectate your friends I think also probably yeah, I assume so uh, and then once you get into a game, it loads you into a room, which you can do with other people. Mm, wow, cool. Um, 
And so do you lo- see them next to you? In yeah, the yeah. I'll, I'll explain in a second. Okay, like, it loads, loads you into the room, and in front of you is kind of like a tablet that has the mini map. Um, and along each side is all the, the five champion or champions heroes, excuse me, <laughs> uh, uh, for, on each team. And at the base of them is their inventory, so the six lots of their inventory. Uh, and so you can kind of get a glance. And then on either side of the big screen are the stats that you would normally get from watching like in client like you yeah. would get like uh the gold graphs and all that different stuff but they don't over but they're not obscuring the gameplay no anymore. no no. it's just off to the side and then you can yeah, select them so cool. with, with the vive controllers and then go to the, whatever graph you want wow um so the, it's like uh, a dota watching dungeon the, kind, of. kind of there's a little bit more to it so mm-hmm. then with, with with other people uh they appear as these kind of like disembodied heads and you can teleport around the room with the with the controller just mm-hmm. like you do um there are these disembodied heads like shadow heads of other people watching uh, yeah up to five people in the room okay except for it's not their actual faces it just has overlays so you can have like tiny or you can have dendy or you can have <laughs> like tree and protector so they're just like wa- woggling around like and you can see their their controllers as well being like hey uh, but literally the best thing in that app or in in that experience is that you once you point at the map it warps you down onto the map so it's like you're standing on top of the map, like looking down on the map, or you can zoom all the way down. So you're standing, like you're either like a giant, or you can be like smaller, like you'd be a normal person, and then they in the be, world, in the world, like watching it. And so, on the right controller is uh, there's one that, that it does like you press it to basically where the casters are. It's like basically the like predictive one where it's like, hey, like you. You should be looking here because there's battle going on right mm-hmm. now, and so it will warp you to that point in the map. Um, and then on the touch of it is you can, you touch that, and then you can like again like just like you would do in the like the arena thing is just point, and it would drop a little point, and that's where you teleport to. Um, wow. Now, if other people are also doing that, and they're both like following around, they'll also appear in the world, and you can see them looking down. Like m- most of the map is fogged off, but if they're in the same area that you are, you can see them either, like down on the map, very small, or like up where you are, and like very big. Can That's I just crazy. interject here with something that I noticed? Because mm-hmm. uh, Ben Kachera at Polygon, who is our resident VR crazy person, yeah. uh, downloaded this and was very excited about it, which is great. I think that's cool. I think it's like yeah. a super cool way to sort of Trojan horse people into watching Dota. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a good time of year for that. Uh, so one of the things about Vive games is mm-hmm. that uh, when you're in the game, it it has the controllers in it like objects so that you yeah. can see where your hands are. Uh, and in this, like your body does not exist, but the controllers do. They're yeah. objects that cast shadows. Yeah, they look like dicks. Yeah, I think they do a little, a little, a little bit. Like not this. a little bit. It looks like balls in a shaft. <laughs> <laughs> because that is what the silhouette uh, from the Vive controller looks that's like. That's got to make some great it looks screenshots. Like dildos floating around, <laughs> like, and not like. Not straight, but like as your hands move, it's just like this dick, like (laughs) flopping around, this dick shadow flopping around the world of Dota. And you know, tonally, it's not inconsistent with my Dota experience. I'm saying it looks like they're ghost dicks in the world of Dota 2 when you're spectating Vive Vive. Um, So good. But that said, when I got into it, and like this comes from playing Dota for what, like how long have we been playing? Fuck, man. Where you were playing before I was, I think. Yeah. But how long have you Mm -hmm. played? I don't remember. Uh, it's like my years? first few games were like I played like for at least two years. I played four or five games in two thousand at the end of two thousand thirteen, and then nothing because you guys got into Rust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until like <laughs> April of two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So considering uh, I played seven, 
almost 1800 games uh in that time so considering that like the last you know, three four years of my life i spent with like a, my this crew of people playing something and then being able to like watch battles that they happened and like we, like you can't actually go in and watch certain games because the uh, source one and source two aren't compatible with it mm-hmm. or so, source one isn't mm-hmm. uh, source two is um i got a little emotional like it was one of those things where it was just like, <laughs> it, I I don't get like reactions to games a lot, but it was one of those things where like I brought my hand up to my my mouth. I was like, oh my god! Like it was one of the, it, it was so visceral man. from being in Dota. From being in Dota, wow. Um, and that, so and so like you, so you can just like you can in the real game watch battles and characters and stuff moving at ground level just in VR. You can, but like, but not in the way that this does it. Like, you can mm-hmm. watch. There's like a portrait mode where it like it brings the camera all the way down, and like you can kind of pan it around like that. But this is where like you're a completely de- detached camera, and you can be anywhere you want. Um, it's crazy. It it was it was something else, man. <laughs> like, and, like, I, and I really re- like if I I like wanted a vibe, but this was like oh I sh- I need to get one because yeah. like <laughs> watching games in it is would be with your friends and all being able to hang out on this map would be together. pretty fucking great and it has it has mics like this built in so you could be talking wow. to each other on the map and being like oh look look at his positioning over there and like being able to point that's cool yeah uh, very impractical but very cool yeah the, if I uh, had a vibe I would totally do that with you <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> It sounds awesome, but it is for like watching Dota, not for playing. No, yeah, I don't think that it's it, it's not something that would work. Like yeah. the perspective of Dota is very key to the way that Dota plays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, like the, the thing I said on Twitter today was like you're literally seeing it from a different perspective, and how like crazy that is in terms of like watching a pro match and understanding where they're standing and why they're like the way that they're like they're laid out and their positioning mm-hmm. is just it was it was very cool. Sounds awesome. great. Yeah, I'll try it, man. I yeah, love the VRs. If you can bring me a vibe. I'll try it. I was about to say, like, do you have a fucking vibe? No, I, honestly, I had thought about it originally. Uh, I was actually, but at this point, I I still have not pulled the trigger. I think my next expense though will end up being probably like a nine seventy or something like that, like or ten seventy. Ten seventy. I would go for the ten. Oh, ten seventy. That's it, man. Yeah. Or I don't know. Like, I would wait a little bit longer, like for Nvidia and AMD to roll out the rest of their cards. Because they're still like in the process of doing that stuff. And Are they? I th- I th- I th- I AMD that. hasn't rolled out their performance card yet. Like the the big card that they put out is two hundred dollars. <laughs> well, I just like the ten seventy because it's way step over my seven seventy. Right, and it's also within a price range that wouldn't like make me completely sad. How much is it? It's like a four fifty or something. Yeah, like look at the look at the four eighty. Okay, so I'll I'll be I'm I'm in the market for that. Plus, I'll I honestly like. I built my computer in 2013. I'm like right on the cusp of wanting to switch it's a, out It's a lot about of parts. time. Three years is yeah. about. The processor is fine, but it's not, it's certainly not that great. What is it? Do you know? It's a 3770K. I don't remember. It's an i7. It's like, it's, yeah, at the I, time. I had that processor. At the time, it was the one. best one I could get in 2013, pretty much. But like, yeah, obviously i7s have iterated and iterated and iterated. <laughs> So. I, I mean the the only thing that I would say is that if you're going to upgrade your computer, you're kind of forced at this point to buy a, a motherboard because yeah, you need a motherboard and new RAM and all that shit. Exactly, and that's that's, that's yeah. yeah. That's, I, I'm uh, in the same place. That's why I haven't yet. So yeah, because I feel like I, w- I want to buy a 
a 1070 PC gaming, and then mm-hmm. I, also I mean, I don't need it for now. The 770 has been totally fine. Like I can run, uh, you know, even Total War on Ultra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. I personally will not be buying a new video card until like the HDR compliant stuff is like nailed down because that's like the next big thing. Yeah, but I won't have. A, I won't be buying a new TV for another couple of years as well. Monitors, like True. HDR capable monitors, are around the corner. That's not True. like, and I'm sure like, they'll be super cheap. You can do an HDR monitor without being 4K. It still won't be super cheap. I think that pixel density costs more money than color. Yeah, probably. Color space. Stuff. Yeah, I still also only have a 1080p monitor. So, yep. you know, like that's the other reason when I say I can play these games on Ultra. It's because I'm also not playing on a 4K monitor or I mean, even a really high-res yeah. PC monitor. What? Neither am I. I'm like 1440 or something. I just, I just still playing at 1980 by like it just doesn't bother me for now i mean yeah i mean that's the thing is that like 1920 by 1080 is still more than good enough it's usually great yeah (laughs) at least for me plus i've i've also never been like super bad like most of the time honestly i'm one of those people that the game boots up and whatever boots up in is probably the settings i'll keep forever unless i notice a performance problem Mm -hmm. like i never try and min max it to be like what i can get out of i'm like oh it looks fine so i like my my usual course of action is to boot up the game put it in ultra whatever the max settings are and, and then just tipping stuff down and then start dipping stuff right, down because yeah yeah because usually when i do that it turns out that like i usually only have to drop the resolution or only turn off like the 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 highest level shadows or something like that to get the performance that i want at least out of you know our work pc my my obviously you know like my boot camp mac 2011 macbook or whatever everything has to run on the lowest of the low and sometimes i have to hack files to even run it at lower settings than <laughs> than they have available you're like those dudes that like have the reddit of like running games at their lowest possible settings <laughs> exactly I've, 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 I've been there before you make skyrim me. look like everquest and shit <laughs> yeah i think my favorite was um that was Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which is like a, six, a 640 by 480. <laughs> really? Uh, and like everything just looks blocky and like just it, it was amazing. It's Ever- kind of, yeah, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> EverQuest was an interesting case just because uh, in particular back in the day because EverQuest literally had two engine options for the entire mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. You could launch the game in the original game engine or you could launch it in the new game engine based for performance. <laughs> so crazy. it was literally like a, like we used to call it Mario mode because it would take it back to like... <laughs> barely 3d like you know like um, so it's just weird to have that sort of option um well do you uh do you want to take a break and yeah we take well Mm, i actually i yeah do do your thing to do my thing oh you have a thing you're going to to go see aliens that's right have to you have to yes Yes, I have to. <laughs> it's aliens in a movie theater. Yeah. I, I well, enjoy that, that shit. Um, so. I'm going to be gone again next week because I'm on a shoot. Uh, Sorry to say. We'll want to figure out ASAP when we can, can record next week because I know I, I have to leave on Friday because the fucking TI-6 media day is Saturday morning in Bellevue. <laughs> it's TI-6 already? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. You start on the third. Uh, the world. Group, like the the group stage stuff yeah we'll figure the it out card. or the wild card stuff yeah, yeah. wow um, alright thanks everybody for listening you send your letters it's letters at eat-sleep-game.com I'm on Chuff Money on Twitter Arthur's at A-E-G-I-S Matt's at Talking Orange and James is at James underscore Faulkner so go to IGN see the stuff that James does Man. Polygons where Arthur does work Marvel Heroes the game I work on and Area5.tv if you want to 
you know, find out what Matt's doing or give them I money I Jason jobs. Bourne on Polygon. That movie is fine. <laughs> it looks fine. Shut off fine. your brain and watch it. Yeah. Um, uh, that would be helpful to your movie going experience. <laughs> Go shut off your brain and watch a movie. Don't shut off your brain while being out and about as a real citizen playing Pokemon Go. Bill Clinton playing with red balloons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go out there and uh, be somebody. Right. Register to vote. With that. Yeah.